It's time to look at the Los Angeles Lakers from a dynasty point of view. They don't have a ton of young players, but we're going to cover all of those guys in today's show. Michael Bolton, he is ready. Let's get to it. To it. Let's get to it indeed. You are locked on fantasy basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. As I said, we're looking at the Lakers from a dynasty fantasy basketball point of view. Very, very few young players on that team, but we're going to dive into those guys. So it might be a little bit of a shorter podcast, but also if you haven't checked it out, go and check out the YouTube channel if you're not watching this on YouTube already. What I did, and it's something I'm going to be doing hopefully to fill in some of this time, is doing some uh, some 2K stuff where the all-time greatest fantasy teams that I created, and I've done two of those videos already, and you can see up uh, up yeah, there is up top there, there'll be a link to uh, the last one I did of those, which was Bulls, uh, Bulls, Cavs, and Hornets. I actually put that Bulls team and that Cavs team against each other in NBA 2K and talked about it, did a little bit of announcing and sort of just talking over the game and watching how it played out. So go and check out that. You'll see a link to that video in the, uh, in the description down below on YouTube. But now let's talk about the Lakers and their dynasty point of view. And we have to start with really... The only sort of young-ish player who's a rotation player who people seem to like. That's not true, because the second bloke on this list people love, but for different reasons. And that is, of course, the future MVP, Kyle Kuzma. Kuzma is the 250th ranked player this season. And that, for the uninitiated of you, is shithouse. The last two years, he was much better. 113th in his second season, 106th as a rookie, but he played a ton of minutes in those years with pretty decent usage, 31 and 33 minutes. Now, his usage hasn't changed a huge amount, but what has happened this season is the minutes have plateaued because he's not good. His true shooting has also fallen off. He's already below average. He's gone from 55 as a rookie to 50, uh, 54 and a half as a second year play, down to 52 this season, and it actually got worse as the season went on. He was at 51% over his final 22 games of this season. Now, Averaging 12.5 points, only 1.3 triples, doesn't get rebounds, doesn't get steals, doesn't get blocks, doesn't get assists, shoots poor from the free throw line, and had a really bad field goal percentage. So there was a ton of shit that just not, was not good from Kyle Kuzma this season. You know I've been talking about him as a considerably overrated player, even from his first summer league, where he did play well, there's no doubt about that, and even his rookie season, where all that stuff was never going to be able to continue, and we've seen that play out pretty much on script. Now, if he was on a different team, where there was no Anthony Davis and LeBron James ahead of him, he would definitely get some... Actually, that's not true. He may get some more minutes. I just don't think he is that good. I think that his PIPM in his career would indicate similarly, like a really bad negative 1.54 this year. It can probably get better than that. But he needs to go to a team that doesn't think he's bad and then will play him big minutes. And I'm not sure that team exists. And then even when he does, as we saw in his first two seasons, when he played over 30 minutes a night, he couldn't be a top 100 player. Now, there's no reason that he couldn't improve his shooting from those first couple of seasons in the league. But he also may not. 
He is also almost 25 already. Not that that's super old, but for a third-year player, it's pushing up there considering yeah, the age he came into Liga at 22-23. So he's not this super young player that we're waiting for a ton of development. And yeah, we're assuming that Anthony Davis is back for the yeah, next four or five seasons. LeBron's got another three or four seasons there in LA. Kuzma's going to be sitting on the bench and doing nothing. Now, does he get traded to another team? I think there's a distinct possibility of that, but any team looking for him to be that player that he was in those first two years with the Lakers where he was taking quite a few shots and playing a lot of minutes while contributing very little in many other areas, there is a concern that that team will absolutely go backwards in that sort of a case. So in terms of looking at him from a dynasty point of view, I think he's better than what we've seen this season as the 250th best player. But will he ever be a top 100 player? I would say the odds are firmly against that. Will he ever be a player that plays consistently over 30 minutes a night? Again, I think the odds are probably going to be significantly against that. Yeah, plenty of people will debate that his best position is a three. I think he's better as a four. Uh, he has been better defensively this season and better on the perimeter. There's no doubt of that. He's still not good on the perimeter, but he, is, he has been better on the perimeter than he has been guarding fours down low because of his severe size disadvantage. But wherever he guards on the court, it doesn't mean it translates to good fantasy numbers. He doesn't get steals or blocks. or He's a low rebound, low assist player with low efficiency. All he does is he gets exciting because he can occasionally get hot and have big scoring nights. And we've seen that a few times from even this season. He had a 36-point night this season on the 11th of January against the Thunder. He had a couple of 20-pointers uh, in uh, in November and a couple of 20-pointers in December. But overall, it's been disappointing. And when you don't have any peripherals or any other skill set apart from volume scoring at low efficiency, it does really create a problem for your long-term fantasy value. And I think that is pretty much where we're sitting with the future MVP, Kyle Kuzma. Let's go on to this next guy who, of course, is a fan favorite, and that is the bald mamba, Alex Caruso. 18 minutes a night for Caruso this season, five and a half points, two assists and two rebounds, shooting 42 and 76 for a true shooting of 54%. Now, Caruso has, I think, been good on the court. I would say that he's a better player than Rajan Rondo at this point, really good defender, but there are still plenty of concerns with him in his game, and you don't want to rely upon him as a 30-minute starting point guard. He's more of a 20-minute guy that comes in, doesn't screw things up, Solid, really solid defensively, but the shooting stuff is is a problem for him. Uh, he's shooting, is it 36% from three this season, which is okay, but it's under two attempts per game. We need more of that. He's not a great uh, assist guy. His steal rate is pretty strong, and that's uh, that's encouraging. Interestingly, he's only 14 spots ranking-wise behind where Kuzma is this season, and the reputations of those guys would be, uh, would be fairly wildly different. Even last season... Caruso, where he played 21 minutes a night, was actually the 175th ranked fantasy player. He shot better last year, 57% true shooting, which has dropped off this year. He's, again, not uh, the youngest guy out there, 26 years of age already. Uh, I think he can always be a solid defensive guard who does little things on the court that help winning, positioning, that sort of stuff. It doesn't mean it's going to do anything for us from a fantasy point of view, where realistically, if he finds himself in a role where he has to start, it would likely be short-term, and the value he would provide there would be maybe one and a half threes, maybe one and a half steals. Now, that can be valuable under the right circumstance, but overall, I don't think we're looking at Alex Caruso go, man, just, just wait. We need this opportunity. He's not like someone to me sitting in the wings like a DeLon Wright, who's been really disappointing this season anyway where I was going, yeah, give him an opportunity. De'Anthony Melton, who's been yeah, had ups and downs as well. Those guys, to me, have significantly higher ceilings than what Caruso does, whereas Caruso has proven that he is an NBA player. He is a rotation player. He is a backup point guard who can play 20, up to 25 minutes if necessary. But moving on from that, 
I don't really know where he goes. I don't know, I don't think there's any situation where you'd want to bank on him becoming a top 100 player or really even a top 120 player or being a 30-minute-a-night guy. And there's not a huge amount in his statistical profile where you go, yeah, that's pretty exciting. I can't wait to see what happens when the, um, when the, uh, the numbers or when the role gets expanded. Per 36 this season, he's averaging 11 points. Like, that's not good. And under four assists. Now, some of that is playing with LeBron. There's no doubt about that. But the thing that encourages you is the 2.1 steals. That's a good number. He was at 1.6 last year, 1.5 as a rookie. So he's consistently being a guy that can get steals. But low three-point volume, low scoring, low usage, low assist rates, those aren't things that necessarily translate into a great, great fantasy player. The next three guys I'm going to talk about, we've barely seen them in the NBA. Talon Horton Tucker has played five minutes this year. Now, he was a very intriguing player coming uh, into the second round of the draft. We Really weird statistical profile. And we've sort of seen that play out at the G League. He's played 30 minutes a night for South Bay. 18, 6, and 4. They're okay numbers. 1.4 steals. But the shooting is terrible. 49% from 2, 31% from 3. At least he's hitting 74% of his free throws. A PER of under 15, a true shooting of 53%. Negative win shares. PIPM in the G League would back that up as well. He is really rough in terms of his G League um, PIPM. Neg- Actually, he's not really rough, but he's definitely a negative, and you don't want to see that. Negative 0.7 in uh, 1,100 minutes, whereas the other two guys I'm going to talk about uh, for the Lakers are significantly higher than that in terms of their G League PIPM. Horton Tucker, can he come in and be a contributor as a wing player? A low-volume scorer like a Kyle Anderson who rebounds, gets some steals, gets some assists? There is something there with him in that regard. I worry about will the shooting ever come around to a decent enough level where you want to play him more than 15 minutes a night. I think that's a legitimate concern. He's still hitting 31% in the G League. Now, in the G League, he's at least taking over six threes a game, and he's making two of them a game. So that's an encouraging sign, right? But the fact that his free throws are very middling, 74%, and he doesn't get to the line, it doesn't give me a huge amount of faith. And and he's not hitting twos either, so he can't hit his two-pointer. So there are definite concerns there with Horton Tucker. There is definitely some upside with him. And if I had to put him and, say, Caruso side-by-side as to which one has a chance of being a top 100 player in the future, it probably is Horton Tucker. He's seven years younger than Caruso for a start. He's only 19, and he's got a lot of those peripherals there. So there's absolutely an opportunity to have a bit of a buy low on him and see what happens. But we are three or four years away, maybe even one or two teams away from him being a guy that you'd go, well, he's in the rotation now. He's getting 26 a night, and he is just pushing on that 100, 100 to 20 type ranking area without ever pushing into being a superstar. I think there is still some starter upside with Horton Tucker. It's going to need a shooting turnaround. The volume is definitely encouraging for him, so that's uh, that's a positive thing to see him to see him be able to to get that volume on his three pointers. If we look at what he did last season at Iowa State, he only attempted four and a half threes a game. He only averaged 12 points per game at Iowa State. Now, he's improved his free throws from there. He's at, he was at 63% last year, and he's got you know, much more output in terms of rebounds and assists. So you know, there are some encouraging signs, no doubt, but it's not a slam dunk home run type of a scenario where you go, it's only a matter of time. Maybe he can develop into a starter, a Kyle Anderson type, and have one top 100 season. I think that's probably best. Best case scenario for Taylor Horton Tucker. 
The next guy on this list is Antetokounmpo. It is Costas Antetokounmpo. Giannis's younger brother, of course. The prevailing wisdom is that the Lakers signed him so that it could encourage Giannis to come there in free agency in a couple of years' time. Of course, then the Bucks went and signed his other brother for exactly the same reason. Costas has played just three games this year, hasn't scored a point, so there's really nothing to see from him um, NBA-wise. In the G League, he's been a relative you know, big part of the rotation, started most games, 26 minutes a night, averaging 14 and 8. Only 1.5 assists, so not that passing vision that Giannis has. 0.8 steals, 1.3 blocks, 15% from three is rough, really rough. Um, it's only one attempt a game, but that's terrible. 59% from the line, also terrible, but really strong at finishing. 62% overall. His PER comes out at 18. He's got a positive win share. He's got a, a much better PIPM than someone like or Horton Tucker. He is three years older than uh, than Horton Tucker. So that's uh, something to look at there. But he's at a one, plus 1.04 in the G League uh, so far this season. But I, I don't really ever think that Costas Antetokounmpo is ever going to develop into a rotation caliber player in the NBA. Um, he's had a few cracks at it. He was with Dallas before. Uh, before he joined the Lakers G League squad. I think he can be a passable defender and solid finisher, but really nothing that uh, screams out and go, well, he's going to blossom like uh, like Yanni. I think the only one of these brothers that has that chance is perhaps Alex, who's still a little bit younger. Thanasis and Costas, I don't think they're really going to develop. And if their name wasn't under Kumpo, I'm pretty sure that they wouldn't even be in the NBA at this point. And that's sort of where we're sitting with Costas under Kumpo. The last bloke, a little bit more interesting. Devonte Kachok, who, when I watched him uh, at Summer League, really, really interesting. Like, flying down the court, ton of energy. He plays center. He is not big. He's only six foot seven, but he does play a lot of center. Very much in that Montrez Harrell sort of a, sort of a range. He played for UNC Wilmington four years. He averaged in college last year 15 and 12. Now, not a shot blocker. Very Harrell-like. In fact, a big rebounder, solid scorer, good efficiency guy. But that defensive stuff's not there. And it sort of carried over to the G League. 19 points, 12 rebounds, 66% field goals, doesn't shoot threes, bad from the free throw line, 0.4 blocks and one steal, under one assist. Like there are huge holes in his game, but in terms of contributing to winning, he's really, really up there. He is um, uh, uh, 11th, 11th in the G League in terms of PIPM, a massive plus 4.01, huge offensively, low defensively, oh, not, not, not low, let's, let's be fair. A marginal positive defensively, but a huge positive offensively. He is very much a Montrez Harrell type center. Now, we've seen Montrez Harrell work in the NBA, but he is generally the outlier. This guy could end up being like a Kenneth Fareed as a center who has moments, but even Harrell, who's at the 99 percentile of that type of player, plays 25, 26 minutes a night, 27 minutes a night, and can be useful. So while Kachok can come in, could be a contributor in a couple of years' time, maybe. He's not super young. He's, um, as I said, he played the four years in college. Uh, where was uh, was he born? Let's, uh, not where was he born, like when was he born? Um, he's um, 1996, birth year. So yeah, we're talking about, about a bloke who's 23 at the moment. But the G League numbers are encouraging. Just massive, massive offensive contributions. True shooting of over 70 PER of 30, like these are really strong numbers. But my, I don't think anyone wants to look at him as a starting center, but he could be that high rebound, high scoring, high usage, high efficiency, Montrez Harrell type, just toned down a little bit. And that might be good for a couple of top 150 seasons. 
But in terms of scalability and will he ever be at a 30-minute-a-night center, I think that's really, really, really unlikely. He could find himself uh, on a roster, but he could also be like a big man on a crosstown rival G League team, Jonathan Motley who puts up these big numbers in the G League and then comes to the NBA and only when it's tanking season, he plays 40 minutes and he puts them up, but you don't want to trust him in a regular rotation. I think that's part of the problem here with Kachok. But overall, you, know, you can't sneeze at those G League numbers. They are, they are good. Whether they translate to the NBA is, of course, the big question. But the, the runs are on the board. The lack of defense, the lack of rim protection, the lack of spacing, the poor free throw shooting, the lack of assists are all problems for us from a fantasy point of view. But there is at least something to like there with Kachok. And maybe it is like a Thomas Bryant scenario. Finds himself weighed because the Lakers make moves and need to cut salary. Goes to another team and finds himself in a preferable role, which helps him. So there, And you know, South Bay does have a really good reputation for developing players. We've seen that with the Kachok so far. And I think there is a, a bit to like about him. Now, in terms of prospects, I'd have him significantly above Antetokounmpo. I still think Horton Tucker, because of his position and de- defense uh, and even the willingness to take threes, puts him at a higher level of being a rotation guy. But Devontae Kachok is definitely not someone to completely take off your radar. So that's it. They're they're the five younger players on the Lakers that I wanted to talk about today. Again, a really small uh, amount of players there. The next team I'm going to do is going to be the Golden State Warriors. So a lot more younger guys for us to talk about there. Not necessarily high-end prospects, but a lot more younger guys to talk about there. Check out yesterday's video where I did a scouting report on Obi Toppin of the Dayton Flyers, where he fits what he could possibly be in the NBA as well. So check that one out. Don't forget, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.